Jesus, the star of the drama revelation. We're going to read about him and find out why he is a star. In fact, why he is a hero. So go get your Bibles and we'll be right back. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Today's going to be an exciting study. And I hope you enjoy this because the purpose of this study is for us to study the book of Revelation and is to help us see Jesus in a, in a wonderful new light. And to see that Jesus is truly the star of, of the drama of Revelation. He's the hero, my friend. And you're going to enjoy it. Now the, name, now, the name Revelation means revealing or unveiling. If you notice, the first five words make it clear that Jesus is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the first five words. And it makes it clear that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Jesus and his magnificent loving plans for us are they're unveiled and they're revealed in this book. It's very important. Now we need to look at Jesus in our study of Revelation. And it's important that we look for him in Revelation. Jesus is anxious and he's ready to shower upon us his, his special blessings as we study Revelation. It's his special book. So with a prayer in our hearts, let us discover some of the thrilling truths about Jesus as they're revealed in Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible. I want you to remember this, that the book of Revelation is a precious gift to us, and it's not a cursed book. It's not the revelation of the beast. It's not the revelation of the Antichrist. It's not the revelation of the, the last plagues. No, my friends, it is the book of of revelation it is the revelation of jesus christ so let's remember that and we have to take it as if it's a wonderful love letter now how many names or titles does jesus have well let me tell you this jesus is called by at least 37 37 different names or descriptive titles in revelation as a matter of fact these names or titles are used over 200 now 250 times in Revelation. And what are some of these? Well, Revelation 1.1 says, Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.5 calls him faithful witness, Lord's first begotten King of Kings of the dead. Revelation 3.18 says, Son of God. Revelation 5 verse 8 9 call him the Lamb. Revelation 17.14, like I said, says, the first begotten King of Kings of the dead, Lord of Lords. Revelation 19, 13, and 16, King of Kings again, Lord of Lords, Word of God. I, mean, I can go on and on. Now, how is it that Revelation describes Jesus? If we, re we read Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 to 18, we can read here. Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 to 18, and I will read this to you. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band, his head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as is refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. Verse 18, I am he who lives. And was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. So, this is the way he is described. He had a garment down to the foot. His hair was white. 
His eyes like fire. Now I want you to think about this. His eyes like fire. Now this is this is John, one of his disciples. The last time he saw him was at the ascension. And this is John, he's old. So I can imagine him looking into this, his eyes like fire. Now imagine when you look in a fireplace, how you're just sitting there and you're just mesmerized by his eyes, by this fire. Just it just mesmerizes you. It has it relaxes you. And his feet were like polished brass. And his voice has many waters. I want you to imagine Jesus speaking to you and the voice of running water. Like many waters. You know how it feels when you're sitting there next to a stream and you hear the water just slishing by, just just going through in the current. And it's so relaxing. His voice must have been so soothing. And his face was bright as the sun. I tell you, that, was, that must have been something beautiful to see. And Jesus is our wonderful Savior, my friends. So what has Jesus done for us? Revelation 1.5 says this, that He loved us and He washed us from our sins. Praise God for that. And what titles has Jesus given us? Verse 6 says, And He has made us kings and priests. And why is Jesus worthy to redeem us? Revelation chapter 5, verses 8, 9, and 12 says, For thou wast slain and has redeemed us. So, when was Jesus' sacrifice planned? Revelation 13, 8 says this, He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You can also look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 20, 18 through 20, so write that down. Now, Revelation also speaks of a special book. If we read in Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5, and it says this. Revelation 5, verses 1 through 3 for a minute. We'll read that. And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within it, within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, and neither to look thereon. So who opened the sealed book? Verse 4 and 5. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So who was this lion of the tribe of Judah? Revelation 5, 6-9 says this. Verses 6-9. And, and I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the, of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. Then he came and looked and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Verse, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four others fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang the new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, 
and have redeemed us to God by your by your blood and out of the tri- every tribe and tongue and people and nation. This girl, my friends, it is a beautiful. Now, now there's some that say that someone else is a lion of the tribe of Judah. We heard this, but they're obviously wrong. Just as we've seen here in the Bible, the, we let the Bible interpret itself. Now, the very first of the Ten Commandments says this: "Thou shalt have no other gods before me." So. This mysterious book. What is this book that only Jesus can open? Revelation 3.5 says this. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. So this book, my friends, is the book of life. The book of life. So, did... Jesus exists before his birth in Bethlehem. Revelation 21, verses 6 says this, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Revelation 22, verse 6, 7 says this, And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Jesus is a pre-existent Lord, my friends. If you read in John, the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 3, verse 10 and 14, this is what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He was in the Word, and the Word world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. And the world knew Him not. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, full of grace and truth. Now you can write these verses down. You can write 1 Peter verses 1, 10 through 11, John 17 verses 5 and 24, Philippians 2 verse 5 through 11, and Ephesians 1, 3 and 4. You can read those for more references. Now, who is identified as God's partner in creation? Revelation 3, verse 14, Revelation 4, and verse 11. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, saith the, saith the Lord. Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and your pleasure they are, and for your pleasure they were created. Now there's several new Testament texts that identify Jesus as the creator of this world. John chapter 1 verse 10, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, and Ephesians 3 verse 9, and Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. God, this is he from Hebrews, God who at sundry times and in diverse matters spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So, is Jesus God? Revelation 19, verse 13 through 16. And he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. 
And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. So yes, Jesus is God. The answer is yes. These are neat. These are awesome passages of scripture, my friends, that verify this. That Jesus is God. In Revelation, Jesus is called the Word of God. And in John, if we, as we read 1 and verse 14, makes it clear that the Word is Jesus and that He is indeed God. You can also see 1 Timothy chapter 3.16. You can look at Titus chapter 3, verse 4, and Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. Now, there is, in the Old Testament, an amazing time prophecy about Jesus. So how can we tell that Jesus was the Messiah? Well, let me tell you something here. Bible prophecy confirms that Jesus was the true Messiah. 500 years before Jesus was born of, of Mary, Daniel was given this amazing prophecy which predicted the exact year that Jesus was to appear as a Messiah. So we're going to go through this amazing prophecy, okay? Luke 24, verse 27 says this, And beginning at Moses and the prophets, he expounded unto them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. So how did he do this? By studying the prophecies about him. Now, when did this prophecy begin? If you go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, I'm going to read this to you, okay? Verse 24 in chapter 9 of Daniel. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So when was the Messiah to appear? In Daniel 9 verse 25 says this, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah Prince shall be seven weeks, threescore and two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Now, now, this is something in time prophecy. Time and prophecy is symbolic, and it says here that if you read in Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 6, we're to count each day for a year. Therefore, there are going to, there's going to be 69 prophetic weeks, and it's going to equal 483 years. Or four, and we can look at this also in Numbers 14, verse 34. And let me tell you, if you want to look for the decree, the decree. You can find it in Ezra chapter 4 and Ezra chapter 7. And this all took place in 457 B.C., okay? And <clears throat> let me find Okay. So did the Messiah appear 483 years after the decree? Yes. Jesus appeared publicly as a Messiah exactly 483 years later on the day of his baptism in AD 27. So in 457 BC, the decree was put out. 483 years later on the day of his baptism, that was in AD 27. So did the Messiah appear 483 years after the decree? Yes. Now, Messiah in Hebrew for the anointed and Christ is... Okay, let me start this over. <laughs> now, Messiah is Hebrew for anointed and Christ is Greek for the same. 
Though Jesus was the Son of God, he was not the Messiah or anointed one until until he was anointed by the Holy Ghost at the time, I remember this, at the time of his baptism. Acts 10, verse 38, and Luke 3, verses 1 3 say, says that the event took place in the 15th year of Tiberius' seizure, which was in 27 AD. You can also read us in Luke chapter 20, uh, Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 30. Now, what did Jesus preach after his baptism? Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. Now, this is what he says. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Verse 15 says, And saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This happened in 27. Now, how much privileged time did God promise to the Jews? Seventy weeks. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So when was Jesus to be crucified? Daniel chapter 9 verse 26 and 27 says that Jesus was to be cut off in the middle of the last of the 70th week. So one half of the seven years is three and a half years. Add three and a half years to the fall of 27 AD, and you reach the spring of 31 AD. I know this is complicated. I wish I could give you a chart, <laughs> but it's really not that hard. If I had a, if you had a line graph, you could see it. So when you reach the spring of 31 AD, that's when Jesus was crucified. Now Jesus caused the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, because as the Lamb of God. He was slain, and his death on the cross made animal sacrifices no longer necessary. So, to what prophecy Jesus so to what prophecy did Jesus refer in Mark chapter one verse fifteen? The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. The sixty-nine week prophecy of Daniel chapter nine verse twenty-five. So to what prophecy did Jesus refer to in Mark? One, it says right here that the prophecy in Daniel 9, verse 24 and 27, that Jesus began his earthly ministry, okay? He began his earthly ministry with the clear awareness that the time predicted had arrived and his ministry of three and a half years was to be climaxed by himself being cut off. In John 2, verse 19, you can read this about him. Or crucified, and that not for himself, but for you and for me, my friends. So was Jesus' death for everyone? 1 John 2, 2 says this, And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So yes, Jesus' death was for everyone. So why did Jesus die upon the cross? My friends, John three sixteen says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life, my friends. He died for you and me. That prophecy was fulfilled. And that, my friends, is, is it, it gives you clear evidence that the Bible is truly the Word of God. It's not by chance that all these things happen. No, my friends. These things were prophesied. These things were put in the Word of God. So, 
with this study, I ask you this. Will you accept and will you serve Jesus as your Lord and Savior? We're not guaranteed tomorrow, my friends. No, we're not. I could walk outside and get hit by a bus. Do I want to die lost? Do I want to be saved? The choice is yours. You need to accept him, my friends. Accept him and serve Jesus because he loves you. He gave his life for you. He is the hero, my friends, of Revelation. And the book of Revelation reveals the gospel in every chapter of that word, of that book. My friends, I my prayer tonight is for you, my friends. If you feel that burning and that yearning, that call, Jesus is knocking at the door, my friends. He's not going to jump right in. He's not going to barge in and kick your door down. No, you have to open the door to him. Open the door to him, my friends. He is your Lord. He loves you. He is your Savior. My friends, next study is going to be about the villain of Revelation. It's going to be a re- it's going to be kind of a a review of the first one we did before about our friend, <laughs> our enemy, actually, Lucifer. But stay tuned for that. Thank you once again for studying with me today and opening our Bibles and learning about about Jesus. So let us pray and may we see each other again. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this. To be able to come before you, Lord, and to learn about your son, the hero, the star of Revelation. We thank you, Father, for your word that opens our hearts and our minds to you, Lord. And I ask you, God, for a spiritual discernment in all the things that we read. Thank you, Father, for your holy words thing. And and we can't wait to open up again and to see and to hear and to feel your feel you, Lord, again. This we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, thank you once again for joining me for the podcast. And uh, thank you for continuing your support. May the Lord richly bless you. May the Lord hold you in his hand. May the Lord richly embrace you. And may his holy angels protect you. Until next time, this is Robert. Have a great one. Bye-bye.